Long ago in Burbank, California, Cartoon Network, the shape-shifting master of cartoon entertainment, unleashed an incredible cartoon! But foolish network executives wielding paperwork stepped forth to cancel it. Did it get canceled? I thought Tartakovsky just like took a break. You ruined the intro! Gosh darn it! I hate you, Elord! Whatever. Welcome to Manga Mavericks at Movies, the show where we talk about movies except when we don't, because that happens sometimes. Because sometimes we go to the movies to watch three episodes of a TV show cut together. Because they, they we're mark, suckers like that. Did they I don't market know. this as a movie back in the day, though? They did actually market yeah. this as a movie like, back I, in the I day. Remember, but like, it's not like movie length. Yeah, but I remember. It's three episodes. It's only a little more than an hour. Yeah, but I remember like back when they did like a DVD or like release for this, they promoted it as Samurai Jack, the movie. Yes, they did. Yeah. So that was an impetuous to market it as it again to promote the Samurai Jack complete series Blu-ray set. Yeah. This event was clearly just a marketing ploy for that. Pretty you know? much. But I jumped at the opportunity to see Samurai Jack on the big screen. I love Samurai Jack. You love Samurai Jack. It's a classic. And we love the fifth season, except for one episode. They should which have just gotten was... rid of that episode. It's basically filler. It was filler. improved in retrospect by the direction the rest of the season took. Yes, but it wasn't necessary. They should have taken out that episode and just focused on, like, a two-parter finale. We talked about it enough. I know, but I'm still salty. <laughs> sure. But as much as I had enjoyed season five, I still hadn't revisited the show as a whole in a long time. I don't know how long it's been since I've seen the first three episodes. So, I thought this would be a great opportunity. I love seeing shows on the big screen, and Samurai Jack... That has a cinematic quality to it. That's why those first three episodes felt like a movie event. So, yeah, it was a great idea to put these episodes on the big screen, and it was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, it didn't seem like a lot of other people had the same enthusiasm, at least not Edith Prairie. Yeah, I mean, there's like four other people. There were four other people. They came in after us, so at first I was wondering, oh, are we the only two people here? <laughs> when you were ordering the tickets... There was literally no one who had bought yeah, tickets. so I think, like, these guys probably just bought a day of. Yeah, maybe. Like, I don't know. I mean, like, the Blu-ray was coming out, like... The day after. Yeah, the day after, so it's like, you really need to go to a theater to see it, and it's only, like, the first three episodes. Right. Like, I think most people would say, oh, these are just the first three episodes of a TV series. I could watch these Anytime. Yeah, I think maybe if it was actually Samurai Jack Season 5 cut together as a movie, then people would go to theaters to see that, because that feels like a movie to begin with. That's more recent. It's in widescreen, 16 by 9 Tartakovsky originally wrote it off of a movie script. Yeah. So it already feels like a movie. Structure, like, even has, like, very kind of abrupt endings. Like, because it feels like a movie, because it'd be easy to string together and make it just a good, like, four-hour movie. But, of course, you can't really put a four-hour movie in theaters. Yeah. That doesn't really work. That would have probably been a more successful idea, but I don't know if it would have been a great one for the audience. I, I think I, I think the big problem there would be not enough theaters would be willing to take that time for a one-night screening. Yeah. 
But regardless of how many people were in the theater, I still enjoyed seeing these episodes because it's been so long and I forgot just how incredible the storytelling is. There's so little dialogue in that first episode in particular. And the montage of Jack training in all these different countries and moving from place to place and growing up. It's just an incredible sequence of animation. Yeah. Just beautiful. The emotional beats are so great. When Jack finally reunites with his mother... When Jack is leaving his mother and she's just fading away as the boat leaves into the smoke. And then later when he reunites with his mother on the monk temple... Like, both of those are really powerful scenes. And we barely know this character. And characters, really. And they haven't exchanged a single word to each other. But we just get it right there, right then. Because the storytelling, the execution, presentation is just so good. Samurai Jack's strongest point is the visual storytelling. Right. Just, like, it can convey so much just through, like, the subtlest of just movements or shots. Mm -hmm. It's, like, really amazing that it does that. And even outside of that, like... Just how it transitions between scenes is just amazing. Like, when you see, like, Jack going through, like, this montage of all the different trainings he's doing, it just pans perfectly to the next, like, area, the next, like, trainer that he has, the next teacher he has. And then, like, it's just is like, all transitioning to him slowly growing up and becoming, like, the samurai. It's just all wonderfully done. The minimalist, wary... Classic Japanese art inspired. Also a little bit of art deco in there, especially in Jack's uh, apocalyptic future, is just beautifully used. Like, it's so simply rendered. But because it's so simple, they can do an incredible job with it in terms of how they can animate. Like, there's so much great animation in this. It's amazing how much they could do with such simple designs on a TV budget. It's something that more shows need to learn from. And how to use simple character designs as an asset to do more with your animation. Mm-hmm. It's something that OKKO, I think, has learned yeah, like... really well. And OKKO's designs are a little more detailed than Samurai Jack's even. But at the same time, the principle is there how to get away with a lot using so little. Yeah, I mean, okay, just also does the general thing of, like, kind of a freestyle animation form where it's just kind of, like, you can kind of tell when each animator, different animator is working on it. Like, which, I say Samurai Jack also does that quite well. Samurai Jack doesn't contort as much as OKKO, but you can also kind of see that more free-flow motion in it. Yeah, I am in awe with the execution of that first episode in particular. Just the way it starts with the red sky, Aku being freed, the flashing lights when that happens, just everything with the use of shadows. And Aku is, again, such a simple design, but so menacing. And Mako's performance so chilling that he really sells it. Just the colors in that show, my god, are amazing. The entire first episode, I forgot how good it was. I had suggested the episode where Jack fights the ninja as one of the most visually interesting episodes before in a list of episodes I thought were really visually interesting. But I think episode one is actually a better example of what Jack can do with its visual storytelling, especially since it has that such long sequence that's completely wordless and just yeah. communicated through the visuals and the transitions, my God, the transitions between Jack traveling to country to country is just so seamless. 
They just know how to keep the momentum going. It doesn't feel like there's a cut, even though there are cuts. It doesn't feel that it's like it's a cut because you have that scene where like Jack and his mentor is running across the desert and they land a new place and all those kind of things. Like it feels like this journey is continuous and it's just so great at keeping you involved in everything that's happening. It really knows how to like immerse you in the actual show itself. I remember re-watching these first three episodes before season five came out and I was surprised how fast it went because like you just get so sucked into this visual kind of just like transitions all these like visual like stunning like aspects of the show like it's just all done so well. Yeah and the design of the future of the world of Aku is also just great. It takes a lot of inspiration from sci-fi except replacing blues with uh, reds to represent (laughs) Aku's evil. But it's such an oppressive like cacophony of sounds and metal and robots and aliens. Especially in that dance scene, we are reacting with as much confusing and shock as Jack is to what he's seeing. Because the strip club? It is a strip club. And that's another thing. I'm so impressed that they could get away with that in a 2001 kids show. Yeah, I mean, I I guess they could just say, oh, it's a dance club. No one's taking off their clothes. Literally go-go dancers dancing in cages. Yeah, it's pretty uh, uncomfortable when you think about it. Uh, How did I not remember this as a kid? It completely sips you by. Maybe that's why they thought it was okay. They thought, oh, kids won't notice it. They won't understand. It's also hilarious to go back and notice that they give a bunch of these characters robotic attachments so Jack can cut them off instead of actually (laughs) killing them. Because he fights those aliens with the robot arms who are, like, picking a fight with him, and he just cuts off their arms to defeat them. He doesn't actually, like, hurt their actual fleshy bodies. Which just makes you wonder, how are they in pain? Yeah, how are they, how do they get knocked out like, are in they, pain? Like, is it not just that their arms are, like, powered by, like, the oil and stuff? Is it, like, their entire body's now powered by the oil? Are they going into shock because their arms are being cut that, off? That, that is, might be, that, that might painful? be painful. Maybe, like, their pains, they have pain sensors in the actual arms. So when it gets cut off, like, they still feel pain. I think that's a good theory. But of course we know it's just an excuse for Jack to be able to cut off arms. Yeah, but when Jack fights the robots in Episode 3, the Beetleborgs, oh, that is... He's just covered in the oil. You that's brutal. Like, like, and they yeah. make sure to emphasize the uh, illusion between the oil of the Beetleborgs and blood yeah. because there are long sequences where Jack is just getting covered in it where he's slicing through it and he then he goes through the sliced Beetleborg and he just gets shot on both sides with the oil. Like, mm-hmm. it's really brutal and grotesque and they just do a great job even though they had such limitations on content to communicate such a violence, such a dangerous world. It's really impressive. I mean, we see dogs crucified in the background. Yeah, that that was kind of messed up. That is messed up. This... They had limitations of what they could explicitly say for show, but they made sure to really hammer home that Aku's world is truly evil. Yeah, I mean, I know we mentioned that uh, the first episode was, like, a very silent episode, but Volume... Uh, Volume 3. Episode 3 was also... Really sound as well, like, cause a lot of that's just the fight. And just that entire fight's like mostly silence. It's just Jack slashing his sword against like the robots and just, it keeps going. It keeps like escalating. 
But it's there's no t- dialogue. There's no like inner monologues or anything. It's just Jack fighting alone against these robots and just like taking him down. And it's like insane. Even before the fight, we have the sequence where Jack is planning. Yeah, the planning's also all silent. There's no dialogue during that. Yeah. It's a, they just have some nice little music in the background, just the dogs and Jack working together. And it's a brilliant sequence, both the planning scene and the fight scene, because the way Jack uses his environment to his advantage is just so clever and awesome. Yeah, it's just, like, so well done. Yeah, in terms of it being a cohesive movie narrative, it's a, definitely a very set, straightforward in how each episode is clearly meant to be a standalone episode, or at least able to be enjoyed that way. Yeah. Really, episodes two and three are more connected than one is to two, really. Yeah, I mean, sort of. I mean, it, I think when this initially aired, it was all three episodes at once. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but I think they, I think they knew that, okay... Uh, for re- reruns and stuff, they're gonna want this to actually feel natural as like three separate episodes. So let's make some cr- clear breaks in here. So yeah, you can you can definitely tell that it's understandable, but. Again, that also takes you out of the idea that this is enjoyed yeah. best as a movie. Which is why because, I, I mean, still it, really wish it was season five as the movie. I mean, this is but definitely yeah. a pilot movie, but it's not like a movie movie. Yeah, it's not like... Like, episode three movie. ends with Aku saying, Ah, you won this time, Samurai Jack, but I am going to get you in the future, <laughs> setting up a series. Yeah. So, Ooh. yeah, this is very much a pilot movie and feel, but it's every part of it is just so great. The biggest complaint I have is some of the voice acting, and particularly in the beginning of episode two with those punker guys <laughs> that give Jack his name. They just, their conversation goes on too long, for one thing. They're just saying gibberish, and that's the point, but it feels like an eternity of them saying nonsense in the most annoying voices, and I'm like, okay, just get to the part where they call him Jack, or Jack gets the fact that they're calling him Jack <laughs> already. Yeah. And also there is, like, some other characters that have, like, you know, very cartoonish voices. I definitely think that the show is best when the characters aren't talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say that's definitely true. I mean, of course, Mako is great. Yeah, Ma- Mako's amazing. And Phil Lamar is great as Jack for as few lines as he gets. Yeah, Phil Lamar is just a talented guy in general. Yeah. But the guy who plays the dad is just okay, and then other characters are just okay. I mean, I like the British dog, but... Oh yeah, the jokes with the dogs are great, too. So (laughs) the show has a great sense of humor, and that's best exemplified in the scenes with the dogs, where Jack is, like, having uh, dinner with the dogs, and they're drinking out of cups, and he's just, like, really confused, and it feels awkward. (laughs) And then one of the dogs is saying, Oh, excuse me. And then Jack kind of gives a like smile, and then he said, "Then the dog says, oh, I forgot to introduce ourselves." And then Jack's smile kind of goes down. Yeah, <laughs> it's like... I, I remember like uh, they use like that same like sound effect from Dexter's Lab when they do the smiles and like yeah. uh, weeps. <laughs> it's just like oh yeah, it, it was funny. Comedic dieting is great in the show. Yeah, basically, Samurai Jack was great at the beginning. It's great at the end, and. You should watch it all, and maybe, if not get the Blu-ray DVD set, like, rent the DVDs, because... Is DVD rental still a thing? 
I'm sure it's also on the Boomerang app, or at least on the Adult Swim website. I, I keep forgetting the Boomerang app is a thing. But Samurai Jack was a classic, and I'm glad I got to see the first three episodes in theaters because it was a good experience. And I enjoyed the interview with Gendy Tartakovsky at the end. It wasn't that insightful outside of the fact that he was like, yeah, the show never really found an audience when it was originally airing. We got four seasons, but like, it never really felt like the show was that successful because, you know, it was slow and it wasn't really that kid-friendly so we never knew when to really air it. And yeah. it's kind of it's kind of sad because that that's how I felt as a kid. Like I, I thought it looked cool and all, but it's like not something I would go out of my way to watch. Really, yeah. It wasn't until like I was older that I really respect the show. It kind of has like the whole Megas XLR problem where its target demo feels like it was skewed too low for what it, its actual like content was. I definitely think adults would enjoy it more. Yeah, adults are like teenagers. But never really got the chance to be yeah. promoted towards them. I mean, it still made a profit, though, so... Yeah, yeah, it was still pretty successful, but, yeah, it never really truly found an audience until years later. Years when later, the, when it, people who grew yeah. up with it, you know, became adults. Yeah, and it, it gained this cult fan base. And... The other really interesting thing he noted was just the idea to make Samurai Jack was inspired by the fact that, you know, he was working on comedic cartoons that had actually elements like Dexter and Power of Girls and then decided to want to exclusively focus on the action. And then he pitched it to Mike Lazo, just a very simple concept. And that was enough to get Lazo to give him the go-ahead. So that was really cool. I think that's like 90% of pitches at the like Adult Swim now. Yeah. <laughs> it's just la- someone like comes up with some weird idea, goes to Lazo, and he's just like, yeah, here's money. I forget the exact wording of how he pitched it because it's been like a week since we've seen the screening at I think it was point, like he, he's a samurai he fights robots and he's trying he goes to the future he's trying to get back to the past yeah that very yeah. short to the point was enough of a hook to get yeah. Lazo on board get the show greenlit for the pilot and beyond <laughs> I'm sure Lazo enjoyed that cause like when he Tartakovsky came back for season 5 and asked if he could do it Last was just like, yeah, go ahead. Here's the money. Yeah. We'll have you set the contract like next week. And it was also interesting to learn that while working on the show, they definitely had this idea of A stories, B stories, and C stories. Mm-hmm. So there were definitely stories that they put more effort into than others. And I found that interesting that he was very candid about that. That, yeah, there were some episodes we didn't care about as much as others. And we didn't really put in the effort to make those episodes better. We just focused on making the ones that had the potential to be great, greater. So I, I was interested in hearing that. Because definitely, there are, you know, Samurai Jack has hit or miss episodes. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you can tell. I think the first season is pretty much perfect, but definitely with some of the season, other seasons, yeah, I mean, like, they can get more hit and miss. I think it was like, not the last season. Last season was pretty good, I feel. But I think it was like probably like somewhere like season three or something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. They're definitely weaker episodes of Jack. And then as far as his favorite episodes, when Gendy mentioned that all the episodes that you like, he likes. So, Thor. Archer's episode, Tale of X-9, all the classic ones. It's interesting to me that he considered Aku's fairy tales one of the experimental episodes. But yeah, it was definitely... Well, it definitely was a weird oddity in 
the terms of yeah. tone. I remember the first time I watched it, it's like, oh, the Aku's trying to oppress these children. It's just like, oh, okay. That was a isn't fun this a, That's one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, but then you think you're so like, isn't this guy supposed to be a mass murderer? Yeah. That's one of the episodes that really cements the comedic side of Aku that yeah. gets explored even greater in later episodes. I think that was one of the, like, not the first episode I watched, but like one of the very early episodes I watched of Jack. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely remember, remember watching the premiere movie first. Yeah, I watched the premiere movie first, but I don't think I finished it initially. I think I watched, like, the first, like, two episodes of it, and then I just didn't watch the third episode. Hmm. That's strange, because I definitely remember all of it. I might have fallen asleep. I used to fall asleep a lot during Samurai Jack. I mean, you would have been, like, what, four when this yeah. came out, so... Boy needed his naps. Yeah, and Gendy ended the interview by saying Samurai Jack found an end to his journey. It was a bittersweet ending, but it's an ending. And that's it for him. And, yeah, that's cool. Samurai Jack is over, and it was a strong, pretty much all the way through. It took 16 years for him to get to that ending, but he got to it. And that is pretty sweet. That's pretty cool. If only Symbiotic Titan could get that ending now. Yeah. We kind of know a lot of the plot stuff. It just has to actually be made. But now that we have talked about the beginning of Samurai Jack, it's time to finally, finally talk about the ending. That episode hasn't been released yet? Nope. And you're going to listen to it? (laughs) Right now. That was recorded like five months ago. It was. And you're listening to it right now. Better late than never. Fifty years have passed. But I do not age. Time has lost its effect on me. Yet the suffering continues. Aku's grasp chokes the past, present, and future. Hope is lost. Gotta get back. Back to the past. Samurai Jack. Sixteen years have passed, and yet Jack has received no resolution. Gotta get back. Back to the show. Samurai Jack. So we watched Samurai Jack Season 5, and we fucking loved it. But yeah. that's what we're here to talk about. That's right. On a very special Manga Mavericks at Movies, we're not talking about a movie. We're talking about a TV show, the most recent season of Samurai Jack, coming back to the airways after 16 years and 15 years in story to complete his journey. Adult Swim did it. They did it, fam. They got Gandhi on board. They got him to make 10 episodes that worked like as one long serial movie. And it was glorious. It had a few bumps in the road, mm. but overall, totally satisfying. It was great fun watching it every week. To talk about our experience, uh, every Saturday night, we got a bunch of friends coming over. We watched Samurai Jack together. Mm. We all had a rambunctious great time doing it. So it was a great social experience. I think everyone can agree that, like, the speculation of, like, how Jack's story would end, like, following that ride, it was, like, it was a great intense. experience. Like, yeah. It was, it was kind of fun. And from here on, we're going to get in spoilers, so if you, for some ungodly, unchristianly reason, <laughs> you haven't seen this final season, leave! 
Out with you! <laughs> yeah. You are banished! Seriously, go watch one of the best cartoons ever made if you haven't already. But since those of you who have left have left or don't care, let's let's get into the actual plot. Right. So, so first we should probably introduce ourselves. We've got me, your regular Magnum Mavericks, Maverick, Lomomiyasha. With me is um, We Lord GTZ, yeah. and of course, recurring manga Mavericks at Movies guest, Ethan. Yeah, uh, I don't really have anything special, I just, I love this show. Mm-hmm. As do we all. Mm-hmm. Why don't we talk a little bit about our memories of Samurai Jack, uh, watching it, like, the original four-season run back in the day. I didn't have TV, <laughs> so, <laughs> that, hear me out, so I did the poor, poor man's thing, back when this was still a thing, I watched the episodes on YouTube in, like, oh, yeah. three parts back in the day. Back, back in, when you can still do that. Yeah, like, <laughs> mid-2000s, I think it must have been. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, there's nothing like it. I, the creator, Gandhi Tartakowski, has done other stuff, and you can definitely feel his prints on some of the other stuff he's worked on, Semionic Titan, uh, that older season of Clone Wars, but there is nothing like Jack. The fight choreography is great. The character designs make, they just make me so happy, and they're beautiful. Um, the backgrounds, I, w- I would honestly invest in a book, like a poster-sized book <laughs> of just backgrounds, and I would put them all over my walls. There has to be one of those out where I can't believe that they haven't printed one, if or, there isn't. Yeah, seriously. But yeah, the artistic direction in Samurai Jack is nothing short of phenomenal. Gendy Tartakovsky and his crew really knew how to make use of their artistic limitations and use them in a way to craft a stylish show with phenomenal action that worked well under the constraints of what they were given in terms of a budget and looked better than anything else out there and created a mature, like, action show with a world unlike any other with color design that few other shows could compare to. Mm. Just an incredible aesthetic that owes to a variety of influences from ukiyo-e to all sorts of other, like, artistic styles mm. that just all comes together in a melting pot that is Samurai Jack. Kind of like a world of Samurai Jack. It's like a melting pot of all these aliens and weird creatures. And one of my favorite things about it is, well, you mentioned uh, various, what I'm going to assume are anime uh, manga influences, and you're yeah. probably right. At the same time, it has a very solid basis in American cartoons for how expressive and unique the designs are, and I love that so much. No two characters look alike. Yeah. I was specifically referring to kind of a classical Japanese style of art mm, uh, outside yeah. of anime manga. Like I can definitely see that. Because I was, I was going to bring up, people are going to say it's anime influenced, and I can see why you would say that. I humbly disagree. It has, you know, elements of Japanese B-movie schlock here and there, giant robots, uh, etc. But again, it's, it's much more techno-futuristic and fantasy than... Almost anything else I can think of. I'd say a lot of, like, the more anime-ish influences are less anime and more about Japanese, like, culture. Culture in general, yeah. Yeah. Um, It's also to a lot of cinematic influences, Mm -hmm. to be more precise. There's a lot of references to uh, the works of Tarantino. There was a 300-inspired episode. And it was glorious. Yes, it was. Yeah. There is a lot of reference to, like, Kuros- the works of Kurosawa and, of course, uh, samurai movies, that genre. Yeah. But, yeah, Jack takes influence from a, a variety of cinematic and artistic uh, mediums. 
to kind of make it its own thing that mm. is really hasn't really been matched. There isn't another show that really looks like Jack and it excels nope. in the way it does. Mm. So know? good. Well, now that we've gotten that over with, uh, in case you don't know, uh, just quick setup for the plot. There's this demon named Aku who wants to enslave the world, and the main character's father, once Aku returns, sends him out into the world be- to become the greatest warrior, trains with a bunch of different clans and in a bunch of different fighting styles. And that alone is an amazing sequence, but once he's done that, he returns to his village to um, free them from Aku, goes to fight Aku, and gets flung into the distant future where Aku's won, basically. And that's one of the cool things for me uh, right there is starting the show, the main villain's basically already won. You could, an argument could be made that the entire main character's struggle is pointless, but he keeps going because... Aku's evil is law. The future <laughs> is Aku. And Jack <laughs> has to go back to the past to undo it. Yeah. But... Even though Aku has a tight grasp and his influence can be seen throughout the show in terms of how he's choking kind of the lives of so many innocent people, what's great about the original run of the show is how it shows Jack slowly over time becomes this inspirational force. Even by the end of the first season, we have the episode Aku's Fairy Tales, where a bunch of children have been inspired by the tales of Jack. Yeah. And they can even stand up to Aku and not be afraid of him because of their fate in Jack. Mm-hmm. So that's a great aspect about the show that, you know, Jack is bringing a light to the darkness of the world. And he's inspiring the people. He's giving them hope. And that really pays off beautifully in this current final season where Jack has been really jaded, really damaged by time, by repeat failures to go back to the past to find a time portal, and just seeing so many people he's tried to save over the years die. And he's in a pretty messed up state at the beginning of the season. And one of the great things about the new season is how we see that the hope that Jack inspired people still remains on, even if he himself lost hope. And that ultimately uh, ends up re-inspiring him to go back and finish the job. At the beginning of the season, not only has he given up, through time-space shenanigans, he has become effectively immortal, so he can't even die a natural death and is stuck in this hellish limbo, and they do a great job of portraying that. It's a little over the top at times, but overall they do a great job with how much it has affected him and brought him down, and he is not the man he once was. Yes. I mean, he is very psychologically disturbed. Yeah. He has PTSD. He is seeing, like, visions of, like, his father and his family burning in flames. He's seeing, like, images of, like, innocent people, like, being destroyed, dead. And, like, he is having horrible nightmares that are just tormenting him. And he's struggling to even wonder, like, what's the point? Because he... Physically has not aged, but mentally he has aged considerably, even more than the 50 years span probably. It has worn him down inside Mm -hmm. to the point where, like, he's struggling just to go on himself. At the beginning of the season, we get, we see that he's seen this image of this, like, shogun-esque ghostly figure. Eventually it turns out, uh, it's revealed that that figure is kind of like an aspect of his psyche that is kind of encouraging him to, like, kill himself. Because he has failed in his mission. Like the god of death. 
essentially. Essentially the god of death. Jack believes, like, From he's... what little I know, it's some sort of Japanese deity that appears to samurai who have failed their purpose. It's like, alright, you fucked up, time to go, buddy. Yeah, and, um, essentially. And commit seppuku when that happens. Yeah, and we see that uh, halfway into the season, that eventually Jack is pushed up point where he almost goes through with that. So, yeah, Jack is really disturbed at the beginning of the season. A uh, large part of, like, his character arc is to not give up, really. Mm. Not give up on his on the world, on his mission, but also on himself. He thinks he has failed and that he can't do anything, but because he, he doesn't realize just how much he has already done for so many people over and the years. With some great parallels to not only his personal journey, but the overarching story, at the start of the season, Jack has lost his sword, and for those of you who don't know, that is the magical sword gifted to his father by the gods that is basically the only thing that can kill Aku. And he done lost it. He's fighting with guns and armor and bombs, and it's very unjack-like. It's cool as hell. And the opening couple of episodes are amazing fight sequences, but it's not Jack, and they make that very clear. Yeah, he has really lost his way. Samurai Jack has never really been a samurai, per se, because in classical definition, a samurai is a particular type of swordsman that served a feudal lord. Jack doesn't serve any lord, so he was always more like a ronin. But he has, like, lost that code of honor that was very samurai-like. It has more to do with his spiritual respect, not just for the world, but for himself that he Mm kind of lost, Mm -hmm. and that he's kind of tries to learn to regain. Game. And it's manifested brilliantly through this doppelganger Jack, who is like really angry, like really angrily drawn as well. Voices like Jack's like darker fears and darker thoughts about killing people, about like a sense of entitlement that he's owed something. Mm-hmm. And Jack ultimately realizes he needs to let go of that and reconnect with an inner peace in order to reclaim his sword. And so Jack's character arc in the season is very much a spiritual journey of, like, kind of realizing what's important, finding that, holding on to it, and using it both figuratively and literally in the case of getting the sword back to defeat Aku at the very end. Yes. Pretty much finding his way again. Very aptly club, yes. Don't, don't lose your way. Don't Whoa. lose your way. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on to the past. I don't fucking know that song, just that line. But interestingly, though, um, not only, as Sid was kind enough to mention, does the doppelganger Jack pop up, he gets more overdone and grotesque as the season goes on, and it's great what they do with that design, because it is Jack, but it's also demonic. There's folds of skin being pulled back, the mouth gets bigger and bigger, the teeth are sharp. It's it's pretty fucked up, but it's really good. It's like an overblown image of the devil on Jack's shoulder. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't really have a light side to counteract it. He has to, like, mentally, like, keep himself in check and to not, like, give in the other side of himself. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, he comes to terms with that and he says, no, you are the reason why we lost the story. You are the reason why we haven't made any progress and I need to let go of you. Mm -hmm. Let go of that anger. Let go of that need you to survive. Yes, exactly. I'm not sure. I think those are his exact words, but um, I'm not sure. So, we've gone into Jack, and Jack is fantastically well done in this season, in both iterations of him, when he finally, you know, gets Zack together, cleans himself up, and goes back to the old gi and the sword get-up, which is a fantastic moment. But, we haven't talked about one of the newest and 
arguably most interesting elements of this season, Ashi. Yes. Ashi is very important because she is she is an incredibly prominent character. Like for the first time, Jack has a real companion that sticks to with him through most of the season. And... He has had friends before, too many to name, um, the Ravers, the Scotsman, of the, the yeah. Centurion, but he's never had a constant companion. Yes. And even yes. if you don't like what their dynamic became, which we will get to in a bit, it was interesting for him to have a constant foil to play off of that yeah. was not Aku. Yes, because Jack never had a traveling companion before. The most prominent secondary character in the show, the Scotsman, made sporadic appearances, but ultimately only really appeared in three separate instances. Like four episodes, because one of them was a two-part. Yeah. 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 And I love the Scotsman, but it was interesting to see him have someone else on this journey mm-hmm. to see what he sees and experience some of the things he goes through with him. And having a traveling companion was very important to Jack's character arc, because a big part of it is that he has emotionally distanced himself from the people he's trying to save because mm-hmm. he's afraid of losing people again. And so with Ashi, he grows to a deeper emotional bond, a bond of love that he's never experienced before, and he gets really afraid of losing that. And so, it ultimately culminates in him doing Yantepko and, like, giving up his sword, like, towards the end of the series, before ultimately he is able to reclaim it. It's through calling out to the power of love within Ashi. Which is, you know, a little, yeah. a little cliche, Clichéd. but... And I have my problems with that relationship yeah. as a whole, because... Well, firstly, for us to get into those problems, we have to get into where Ashi comes from. Mm -hmm. She is from this cult that calls themselves the Daughters of Aku, which I'm not sure how many members, but the primary one, the leader, pushed out seven kids and has raised them basically from birth to kill Jack. And, among other things, by killing other members of their order. And once they're all ready, she sends them out and kills them, uh, sends them out to kill Jack, who then has a struggle over actually killing humans, which is... I'm not sure they needed to do it, but I liked that they did. Right, because before now, the only people we've seen Jack kill were robots. Are robots, although there is some questionable stuff with some uh, bounty hunters he fought in Season 4, but semantics. So he comes to the conclusion that yes, killing in self-defense is acceptable and you can have your own problems with that. He kills them, all except for one, Ashi. And for obvious reasons, she despises him. She spends her first couple of episodes traveling with Jack, quote-unquote, chained up to him like a really loud, really whiny backpack. <laughs> and yeah, that stuff is great, but it also, once once they get into the romantic stuff, it brings up one of my first problems. That being that Jack is literally the first human contact she has ever had outside of her family, and she's decided within a few days, yes, this is the one we're gonna get together and have family and all that good stuff. I'm gonna fuck the guy who killed my siblings. Who killed my siblings and basically showed me my entire worldview is wrong. Yeah, that aspect I don't think was as well thought out as uh, they could have had it. 
Right. I do think Ashi's character is interesting because she yes. is raised yeah. as someone who has this very narrow view of the world that has been indoctrinated onto her that she thinks of Jack as evil who is good and her like worldviews have been like twisted. So to see like her character arc and like how Jack ultimately kind of sh- shows her that her way of thinking isn't the reality and kind of her slowly coming to understand why Jack is so special to the world and why like Aku needs is so, to be stopped. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty interesting character arc. And again, yeah. what Ashi represents to Jack, kind of like a new emotional grounding, like she, Ashi uh, kind of ends up being a moral conscience to Jack. Not like necessarily the most accurate term, I, but like when Jack is thinking about committing suicide, Ashi is the one who comes and tells him, no, Jack, you've done so much for, for, for so many people. You've done so much for me. You help people all the time. You need to look at that. You need to recognize that. And you need to keep living and finish the job that everyone is counting on you to do. Maybe not a moral compass, but someone whose view, I I get what you're getting at, someone whose view is fresh enough that she can look at any situation and say, no, this is what needs to be done. This is the right thing to do. And not in a Mary Sue sort of way, a very basic, she's new to this conflict, she can quickly assess both sides and see what the best course of action is. For example, Jack, don't kill yourself. Pick up that sword. Let's go kick Aku's ass. Yeah, that was important for Jack because Mm. he's isolated himself for 50 years. He doesn't realize just the impact he has on people. He hasn't really had someone like who is there just to tell him that. And so like when he can realize that he's been, he is still saving people, you know, that's important. That's Mm. like giving him more awareness that he has value and that he still has hasn't abandoned his purpose. Mm. It's just, Mm. it might be taking him a long time to fulfill the duty, but he still has that duty to do, and he still can do that. Literally shown to us in one of my favorite episodes, not just of Season 5, but of the entire series in general. Jack and Ashley split up at one point. She goes looking for him, and along the way, she meets up with a lot of the more notable characters he's saved. You guys ever seen Jack save anyone? They show up in this episode. <laughs> the Woolies, uh, the Ravers from that small Germanic town, uh, the Warriors 3 blind warriors that were cursed uh, when they looked into the well and wished for infinite power. The samurai, the black fellow he met in that bar, who now runs that bar. Demongo, the soul stealer, that one's just straight up fan service, but that was cute. Wasn't Demongo supposed to be dead? Yeah, Yeah, somehow Demongo's not dead, because at the end of his episode, uh, he was in a skull, and Aku crushed him, for those of you who don't remember, but I won't think about it too much. Maybe Aku crushes something and comes back to life? It's just a fun Uh, throwaway cameo. uh, That's not the thing too hard about it. Yeah, yeah, honestly. Um, So there's that, and... Uh, she sees all the good that Jack has done in this world, finds him, and as we've discussed, is like, no, killing yourself is not the right thing to do because you've done so much for these people, and just this little bit more, and everyone's problems won't be solved, but the world is going to get a hell of a lot better without a coup around. You know, I could very much relate to the the whole thing that Jack was going through in terms of that oppressive, suicidal kind of thing, mm. and like, so... 
in a sense, it was very cathartic, and I think, like, they kind of nailed down, like, how Jack would kind of be after years of, in his mind, failure. Mm-hmm. He's not, like, looking at the successes he's had. He's not, like, valuing that, and he's not valuing himself. Which I think is one of the odd strengths of Tartakovsky's writing, because despite winning almost every fight he has fought throughout the entire series, Jack is by no means a Gary Stu. He's a very down-to-earth, relatable character because of stuff like that. Maybe not everyone has experienced PTSD and depression, and if you have, I'm very sorry for you, but everyone, I'm certain, at some point has had to question their purpose, question if what the path that they are going down, if that is the right path. And it's had that uncertainty, so it, it brings him down to earth and keeps him from becoming a Jesus or a Superman. He's just a mortal man who can do what needs to be done. It's just not going to be easy. It's very easy to empathize with Jack. He mm-hmm. yeah. might be a badass samurai, but he is so very human and it's mm. as fragile as the rest of us mm-hmm. emotionally. Mm. And we've seen that before in the show, as original four seasons, yeah. when Jack visits the ruins of his home, when Jack is reminiscing about anything about the past, really, you know, we see... Some of my favorite episodes. (laughs) We see his vulnerable side so often. Mm -hmm. We see that he can be hurt, not just physically, but emotionally, and and those emotional wounds cut so much deeper. Oh, quick break from the doom and gloom and PTSD. <laughs> but Talk- I love PTSD. Well, everyone does. It was, well, you fucking know what I mean. It was really well done in this season. It was great, but one of the most fun aspects of this new season, my boy Scaramouche, voiced by the legend himself, Tom Kenny. Yeah. Whip it out. Whip it out. <laughs> whip, it, whip it out, Jack, baby. So, one of Aku's most recent assassins sent to kill Jack is this musically inclined robot, possibly gay, but fuck, I don't know. He's a robot. Very flamboyant. But, dude, this is a future where dogs talk and yeah. warriors are blind. I'm not saying robots can't be gay. Anyway, Maybe he's just metrosexual. Who fucking knows? Anyway, he's this very flamboyant, musically inclined robot sent to kill Jack, which, one, his fighting style is very creative. He uses a flute to control weapons telekinetically, and that's amazing right there. But after his first episode, he spends pretty much the rest of the entire series, or the second half of it, that season at least, trying to get back to Aku to inform him that Jack has lost his sword. And that's very amusing on its own, because it's he's, he's just a head at this point, and it's this head... Rolling around, <laughs> telling everyone that he is a very important, you know, yeah. big dick OG, and he's got to go talk to Aku, but he's just a fucking head. He has Jack's number one assassin, baby. Uh, I'm he, Aku's number one assassin, baby. He literally gives head to a guy with a dick for a head. Which, Lord save us, even if the rest of the season had not been good, which it's amazing, but I got to hear Tom Kenny say, Wow, that guy looked like a penis. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. Uh, Scaramouche. Uh, Tarnikovsky's always had this oddly juvenile sense of humor in parts, very illustrated by the Scotsman and parts of Symbionic Titan, if you've seen that. And he just brings it all to the forefront with this character, Scaramouche, who is evil, yes, but is just so much fun to watch in his bizarre antics. And at the very end, he ends up still bodiless, but being transported around on the top of an octopus. (laughs) I mean, like, in the first episode of Jack, you think, oh, this is gonna be, like, really edgy and dark. Then Scaramouche 
Scarabouche shows up. Straight up I, fucking gay musical yeah, robot. <laughs> I really appreciate a character like Scarabouche. I, one thing I really appreciate that they did with this season is that being an adult swim, they could have gone so much more gratuitous with the wives. They could have hmm. just gone so much more like risque with the humor and like the jokes and stuff. Fuck yeah, but, blood everywhere. Jack stabbing everyone. They could have made it quote unquote adult. The kind of like adult like a teenager would think is adult. But no, right. Tarkovsky knew what this story where should be. Where to draw the lines yeah. and where to not go full Reki Kawahara. Yes. This <laughs> Season 5 felt like a legitimate continuation of the series. It did not yeah. feel totally different from it at all. There I is... feel like you could go from watching the original 52 episodes to this season. It would not be jarring. Right. Yeah. There is blood now, but it's by no means excessive. Right. If a kid has gotten... If you are an adult showing the first four seasons to your kid, I... I'm pretty confident in saying you could show your kid this new season, yeah. depending on their age. You know, early teens would probably be the earliest, mm-hmm. I feel. But it's it's by no means um, does it go overboard. Yeah. It never reaches berserk levels. I mean, there's very little profanity, even. Yeah. Which is... Like, I like, think that moment I just... Scarlet saying penis is, like, only, like, really... Yeah, pretty much. Thing. Pretty much, pretty yeah. Much, and, yeah. And, like, what did it do on Cartoon yeah. Network? And, like, the thing is, like, I still don't think if they wanted to, this probably couldn't air on Cartoon Network. Like, even, like, I think, Tsunami Asia now, they said that they aren't gonna air Season 5 because of, its like, violence and profanity. It's yeah. really not that worse than the original... Yeah. Sh- I, I, think, yeah, I like, think just from what children's standards are now, internationally, yeah. it's just, like... I mean, a tad too violent. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, a lot of the stuff that used to be shown on Tanami back in the 2000s wouldn't yeah. fly. Naruto. <laughs> yeah, Naruto is a good example. Yeah, Naruto would never like, Parts of Symbionic Titan. Although, I'm not sure if that yeah. was on Tsunami. I just, um, well, Titan was, was on Tsunami no, at one point. Really? No, it wasn't. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, later, but in him. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But mm. not Cartoon Network. You're not Cartoon Network. Mm. But it basically, it feels appropriate. Yeah. This this entire season, uh, one of the best things I can say about it, you know, we can talk for days about the art direction and just how it quite honestly gives me a stiffy, but it feels appropriate is the best thing I can say about it. It yeah. feels like the show, and it feels like it's continuing the show in some of the best ways. They set out to make... A conclusion to Samurai Jack. That's what they did. Mm-hmm. And it's there. So, once Jack gets his sword back, and him and Ashi get together, which, okay, not only do I have issues with that because of some of the creepiness of him being her first human contact, and I take some issue with the idea that just because two people of the opposite gender and compatible sexualities hang out a if lot, a male and female to are together, together, they have to fuck. <laughs> yeah, I take some issue with that, but I'll save that for another time. The other thing that annoys me a lot about that is in the episode where they get together, pretty much out of the blue, they do a lot of sitcom. Riffing. I mean, yeah, I think episode. I think it's safe to say that episode eight is the worst episode of Samurai Jack season five. Yeah, and yeah. it still has some legitimately cool moments. I stand by, like uh, the Team Rocket uh, Tiger Goons. The fight yeah, with them was really was cool. That was cool. But there's just a bunch of like, is is that the sword on your hip, or are you just happy to see me? Oh, yeah, that episode 
felt the most juvenile mm-hmm. out of all the episodes in the season, honestly, because there were very childish innuendos. Yeah. This would be kind of the innuendos yeah. you'd see. This is kind of stuff that, like, Rocco's Modern Life would pull back yeah. in the 90s, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it, it also feels just like filler. You really don't need that episode. Mm. Not only filler, but it comes almost out of nowhere. Like, previous episodes, they have, you know, they've started to take a liking to each other and travel as companions, but it's never even slightly hinted at any romantic interest between the two. Next episode, boom. Is that your sword on your waist? You just happy to see me? Oh my god. Ah, she's naked. What is this bullshit? Like, if you took episode 8 out and just did some minor tweaks to 9 and 10... You pretty much not need it at all. Yeah, I, Ashi and Jack's relationship could have easily still worked as a It friendship. could have just been platonic. Yeah, mm. it have to be. But I mean, I, we understand why they did that, just because, you know, they wanted just a stronger, like, connection. Because, like, a, a romantic connection, it's, like, more believable that Jack abandons his sword mm. or whatever, you know, because he doesn't want to cut down a demonic Ashi, mm. you know? So, like, you kind of can get that a little bit. Still, I mean, so, like, still. First time Jack has, I mean, I guess like Ikira, the yeah. like Aku's like facade. Of, you of mean a, it was like literally Aku? Yeah. Three out of time, two out of three times when Jack has tried to smash, he's literally been Aku. Yeah. <laughs> so there is that. So they're traveling together. They're together. Whoopee! They're gonna smash. Whatever. Fucking. They go to. Oh. It's another cool thing. For those of you who remember The Guardian, big blue motherfucker, cool voice, red sunglasses, yeah. fought Jack pretty much and won. They go there looking for a time portal. It's implied that the Guardian's dead, but yeah. we don't know for certain. Aku shows up, and sick twist, we find out that Daughters of Aku is a little more than a figurative title. <laughs> Ashi is literally made up of partially... Aku demon semen? Of, yeah. Or whatever the fuck he squirted out of his finger. I don't know, maybe that's where he's like, a part of Aku. Maybe that's <laughs> where his urethra is, I don't know. <laughs> then how would she get pregnant if she swallows? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so she is part Aku. Aku takes over her mind, um, and Jack comes to a head because one of his most important companions is trying to strike him down, so he gives up his sword, and despite my problems thus far, in a great moment we are shown them together Aku holding up the sword, Jack kneeling on the ground, and that's just where the episode ends. Oh, that's yeah. a great shot. I want that on the side of my van. I want a poster <laughs> of that shit. Oh that God. was so cool. Yeah, I, yeah. Before we go on to like talking about the finale finale, let's just sure. talk about Aku. You know, uh, initially I was like worried. I was like thinking Greg Baldwin wouldn't be up to the task, but mm-hmm. you know, he really came through. He Aku was really funny in this mm-hmm. season. For I, those of you who yeah. don't know, Aku's original voice actor Mako passed away in two thousand five seven. When was that? Yeah, it was part way through after the last season, season two. two. Yeah. So, I want to say like 2006-ish? Probably. Yeah. yeah. And he was replaced by his understudy, who, uh, what was that name again? Greg Baldwin. Greg Baldwin, who did an excellent job as Iroh in the latter half of Avatar, but just didn't quite have it. Yeah. For his appearance in Korra, so I was kind of worried. And for the first episode or two, the voice is not spot on for Aku. That said, this guy does a fantastic job. Even when the voice isn't quite there, he brings the personality. Yeah. It's it's very much Aku's, you know, he doesn't take anyone seriously. He toys with everyone. He and... likes the stuff extra thick. Mm. <laughs> 
Actually, that's the other reason I love this guy. He did a Vine just for the final episode of the show. He's like, well, guys, uh, now that the show's over, I guess there's really only one thing left to say. Extra thick! <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah, he did a great job, and there are some absolutely wonderful scenes in some of the early episodes, because not only has Jack given up, Aku's also kind of gone into this funk. Right. He's giving he, himself therapy. His depression's more funny. What I love about what they do with Aku is that, like, even though this is a darker, like, future for Jack, like, Aku himself is not changed. He is still the goofy, like, <laughs> aloof kind of... <laughs> He owns himself. Uh, one of them's wearing a sweater vest, and he's sitting on a couch giving himself therapy. Just... We don't say Jack's name in here. This, this is, is a safe place. We do not mention his name. <laughs> God, and then fucking his front door gets attacked, and just in one of my favorite lines of the season, he's like, I could use some exercise. It might break me out of my... My Slight spoilers again. And then he kills the Scotsman, who, honestly, yes, sad moment, but I could not think of a better way for the Scotsman to go than roasting Aku (laughs) on his front door (laughs) while his kids watch. And the Scotsman got revived anyway, thanks to... With Celtic magic, bitches! Celtic magic! (laughs) Oh, man. And as much as I would have liked more Scotsman, what we do get of him in this season is fantastic. He's gone on to start a family with his enormous wife, and they have something like 30 kids, and they're all... He names them all in the final episode. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And they're all, you know, very, I'm sure, traditional Scottish names. Um, And once we get to the finale, they they actually show up, and it's amazing. But I was glad they brought the Scotsman back, and I was glad they paid him his dues, and I am really glad that Baldwin pulled through on Aku. The voice is not it's not always there but the personality is so good I at least can look past it yeah, yeah. I mean originally I thought they were just make Aku's appearance as fair as possible but like no they were confident in Baldwin and they yeah. gave Aku plenty of scenes throughout the season and mm-hmm. they were always a blast mm-hmm. I mean Greg Mulder and- has been kind of the Mako stand in for about a decade at this point so yeah. I-, I have to say like they should just trust him yeah but- right and I wanted to trust him I just yeah. A didn't know about that and B, uh, as much as I like parts of Korra, he just really didn't yeah, have it yeah, in those parts. Yeah, yeah, but I love the range of what they gave it off. Right, right. We it's, got it's really to see good. him like funny, depressed. We also got to see him being terrifyingly like mm. powerful. He just blows away he everyone who tries to attack parts, him, yeah. and it's great. Like, yeah. um, not trying to not get into too much spoiler. Uh, there's this one really well animated bit where he condenses all of his essence into a ball, shoots straight up in the air, and then just spreads out like this giant cloud of shadow and starts raining down spikes on people. Yeah. That's cool. That's Aku. That's how you do one of the most powerful demons in existence. That's kudos to you guys. So, Aku ran the gambit of, like, emotions mm-hmm. as a character, and that was really That was awesome really fun, yeah. So, I was glad to see Aku's character had remained unchanged from the goofy early seasons mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing, even even in the earlier seasons, when it's a little more serious, Aku was always a fucking great villain. Yeah. One of my favorite cartoon villains. 
pretty much in existence. Yeah. So, now that we've talked about the characters, and now that we've talked about some of the setup for the final episode, should we uh, go into the final episode? Yes, we should. So, how do we feel about it as a final episode of Samurai Jack? They copied Gurren Lagann. <laughs> for, like, <laughs> one part, and it, it kind of worked. Yeah, I think they could have done better, but they could have done a hell of a lot worse. Yeah, Yeah, I think it satisfied a lot of people on two fronts. It satisfied the people who were into the Jagashi runs, and it satisfied people who weren't. We must follow Tumblr on this one. It's Jashi. Jashi. Okay. <laughs> no, I fucking hate that name too. Don't worry. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, for those of you who like Josh, Joshie's relationship, it gets some really sweet moments. For those of you who hate it, she's not around too long anyway. Yay! <laughs> yeah. So, um, still one of my favorite ways they've opened up any episode of Jack is you see everyone that we've seen in previous episodes that showed up and be like, "Hey, Jack, help me out." It was really cool. You see them all. We watch a broadcast from Aku, and it's the opening of the original show, and it's a really cute bit of self-awareness. Yeah, that was great. That was a because there's so much tension and build up to the moment. Like mm-hmm. we see all of Jack's like allies, like watching the TV with braided bed, waiting for like what's gonna happen, and then the opening starts playing, and you're like, "God, Aku, you you piece of shit! I love you, you yeah. bastard! It's glorious!" Oh god, and not only that, he pops up right at the very end of it with a very 90s-esque NOT! Yeah. <laughs> We're not showing you that rat! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and um, so he shows his lair, you know, those frozen flames and all that, and Jack is tied up, shirtless, as usual. He's got the sword, and he's deciding how to execute Jack. And, again, another great Aku moment is... <laughs> It's this great little, I, I don't know, I didn't think I'd make it this far. <laughs> uh, but then, of course, he makes the mistake of asking a possessed Ashi to strike him down, meaning that the power of love will triumph as demons can't even compare it to the romantic power of... The power of Joshi. Jesus Christ. <laughs> But I um, did think it was awesome to see everyone kind of come to Jack's rescue. And he and has saved so many people right. throughout his time, and now they come and they save him. It's gospel because he used cultic magic. Yeah. In the middle of his execution, everybody shows up. The blind warriors are riding the woolies, the centuri- uh, the Romans ride in, and they've got the rockets with them, and um, the robots from that city Jack helped ride in on the giant robot. That was so fucking cool. And uh, the Scotsmans and his kids, who haven't showed up besides their brief appearance when the Scotsman died, show up. Scotsman flying through the air, trailing a trail of Celtic magic behind him with his kids riding on reindeers. It is glorious, and I loved every second of it. It was really cool. Yeah. Uh, if I have one complaint with mm. the finale, is that I wish it was a double-length episode so we could have more yeah. of that battle. Mm. More can, can time. We, can we take out the Joshi episode and just, like, <laughs> it wasn't necessary. We didn't need it. Or, like, tack the three relevant bits of character and plot stuff of a jo- of the Joshi episode into another episode. Just make the finale yeah. a two-parter. Tarkovsky, mm-hmm. you listening to me? I love you, baby. But you could have done that. But Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. it would be nice if we had seen them, like, defeat J- Aku in the future before going back to defeat past. Right, right. Yeah. Like, kill him currently and then just go back to the past and do that as, like, a victory lap. I mean, even supposing, like, uh, there isn't, like, going to be two times timelines after mm. this, because that's one thing I thought about, but I guess the, Some the show is going on up. the assumption yeah. that it probably isn't going to be that, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, even, like, 
<laughs> I just thought that that would have been cool. Like, they mm-hmm. defeat Aku in the future, then they go back and pass the job, and then now both the world that has been ruled by Aku for so long has now been liberated, and now the past has been liberated, and that world can never know the evils of Aku. I think that would have been even more satisfying, because it makes mm. me sad to think that the Scotsman and everyone who Jack had met in the future now they just doesn't don't exist. exist. Well, yeah. people keep saying that, and you're not completely wrong. I just want to bring up a slight counterpoint to that. They exist, but it's better. Because, hear me out, they haven't had to go through Aku's bullshit. They're now free to live their lives and do whatever. So it's essentially the Steel Ball Run universe of JoJo where everyone's just gonna be born in a different setting. I mean, maybe, but, like, I guess that you have to think about butterfly effect here. Because Aku ruling the world for so long affected events in a way that led to the birth of these specific people, you know? Mm. So without a world, like, ruled by Aku. Would these and people like, still be born? Yeah, would, would events all collide in the way that same people would meet mm-hmm. and give birth to the same people and then the same level of evolution for all these other like races for like the dog people and then all the alien races like Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Aku has talking dogs, and it's amazing. But that's a good point. They might not exist, but specifically, I was thinking um, at some point the Scotsman will probably still be born, is what I'm choosing to believe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I Scotsman believe that off. his ancient Celtic magic will allow him to be Oh, it's God. the gold experience requiem of the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, buddy. Hey, pal. What do you think? Is that a JoJo reference? <laughs> Get out! Out! Get out of here! You were the one. We who don't did. take kindly to JoJo references around here. We don't take kindly to them memories. Jesus Christ! <laughs> well, again, whether you like the show, uh, whether you like the ending or not, fucking anybody who doesn't like the show, fight me outside the school at twelve. I'll be there. Be there. Be square, motherfucker. No, but anyone who didn't like the ending, at least it was an ending. And even if you don't like the Joshi stuff and you felt that the final battle was not to your liking, I, I still think that once he gets back to the past... And, again, slight spoilers, him and um, Ashi are about to get married. She gets erased from the timeline because without Aku, she can never exist. Getting past that, Jack's sitting on the hillside, under the tree. For me, that was just such a poetic image that yeah. how could you not at least like that? It's melancholy, it's mm-hmm. contemplative, and it's optimistic. It's like it's bittersweet. It's yeah. really nice. I, I thought it was a fitting ending to Jack's uh-huh. journey. It wasn't completely happy, but it is. Uh, it ends on a bittersweet count, missing note for the future. For Cautiously world, hopeful. Yeah, for a world that's no, no longer going to be under the grasp of Aku's evil. Right. But yeah, honestly. The world honestly. Jack has spent 50 years of his life fighting for. Mm. And even more so if you count his childhood training. And the time skip itself, so at least a thousand years at this point. But yeah, uh, I had my problems with the finale, but overall, I was really pleased with it. Uh, Yeah, good job, Tartakovsky. Now where's our symbiotic season two? That, and of course, because Ashi liked the ladybugs, the ladybug has to come land on his hand, and I actually kind of liked that moment as much as I didn't enjoy their romantic relationship. That was kind of cute. Yeah, but that scene was before the Joshi, so it was okay. No, 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 no the one after. Oh. At the, in the ending of the show. The oh, yeah, the ladybug. On finger. Yeah. yeah. 
Which, actually, uh, for those of you who have seen the uh, ending and want just that little bit more of Jack content, someone out there, uh, sadly, I don't know who or I would plug the fuck out of their channel, has done a very clever edit where the bug lands on its finger, it does the close-up, but it's got Akui's face, it's like, I will be back, samurai! <laughs> oh, what a fake out that would have been. That would have been. <laughs> or, fucking, another one, someone else did a thing where, um, it's the very end of the episode, they're outside of the Aku temple as is exploding, and Ashi leans over, it's like, by the way, what's your real name? Well, you see, my actual name is Wata! <laughs> it just cuts <laughs> off right there. That would have been cute, too. But, um, that's the other thing. We don't find out Jack's real name, and, well, that would have been nice, you know, that would have been icing on the cake, honestly. And it's already a very nice cake with the exception of the little Ashi and Jack figure on top. But putting aside that, it's a nicely done cake. It's well-assembled, well-animated. It's, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Now, Tartakovsky, where is that symbiotic titan? I know I said to fucking, we'll move on a second ago, but I'm not kidding. Do not fuck with me on this. I want my, I want my teenagers fighting kaiju, damn it. Yeah, Tartakovsky has his own separate rights from Carter because Carter wrote off theirs. If Tartakovsky has some sort of rights that allows him to make more symbiotic titan, fucking please do, do something it. with it. Like, yeah. even if it's not a full it. season like Jack, just an OVA, just something. I mean, he could easily, us... he could easily wrap that up in ten episodes. Yeah. Or, like, um, a movie. Just yeah. something. Please. I'm hoping for that. I think that it probably won't manifest for a while, because I think he's mm. working on Hotel Transylvania, the TV series right yeah. now. But I do hope that he either re- comes to return to Symbiotic Time in the future, or he makes a new original show for Adult Swim, Tanami. Because I think that also would be sweet. I think that I, would be a great Jack was the highest, for him. Jack was the highest rated world. thing on Saturday nights. On Adult Swim during its run, so at this it, point, Tartakovsky can yeah. do no wrong. He did as as best as he could. He yeah. beat Family Guy. Yeah, <laughs> not many things can say that on a Saturday night on Adult Swim. Yeah. Jesus Christ! And again, uh, for those of you who actually don't know and wondering what the fuck these nerds are talking about, if again, if you need just that little fix of Tartakovsky, check out Symbionic Titan. If you actually haven't seen it, it's by Gendy Tartakovsky. It has his fingerprints. It is not Jack but it is still very well animated. It's got a lot of great character stuff, and it's giant robots animated by the guy who made a show about time-traveling samurai. More people need this show in their lives, damn it! And shake it, bake it, booty quake it. <laughs> still one of my favorite fucking seeds is a teenager trying to seduce a robot, and it's not as skeezy as it sounds in context, or at least not in that way. It's ironically skeezy, it, if that's it. a thing. Dap booty. Dap no. booty. And here, none of us thought Tartakovsky could do sex appeal. <laughs> I mean, Ashi also had a pretty nice booty. So. Well, yeah, but that was, like, after Symbionic Titan. Before yeah, that, no yeah. one thought he could do sex appeal properly. Cool. Or, besides that one episode with those oddly attractive southern bounty hunters. But yeah, um, short version. Go watch Jack. Slightly longer short version. Go watch Jack and then go watch Symbionic Titan. Slightly longer short version. Go watch Jack... Marathon Symbionic Titan after that. Quit your job and divorce your wife and sell off your children so you can then watch Tartakovsky's Clone Wars and go to work for the man. <laughs> Random question. Did Tartakovsky do Korgon, the Barbarian? Yeah. Oh my god. Don't swim. Make that a TV series. That wait, is wait. Is that the thing that he did that never got greenlighted but yeah. was really cool? It's yeah. that thing that has that one episode, one like pilot episode. It's super well animated, but they didn't make a TV series of it. Mmm. 
Like, okay, now we're getting into the deep stuff, but that, uh, fucking British show, um, not Doppelgangers, but Zone did a parody of it. I only know about it because of their ZTV. <laughs> Zone did a parody of it. No, it's actually a good show. Uh, oh, The Modifiers. Oh, yeah, I, I It's that's cool, good. gothic yeah, like, British yeah. architecture and steampunk. It's really cool. Or fucking, um, it's not called Z Fighters, but it's basically if, like, the characters from Street Fighter worked at a shopping mall. That's... But we're getting into the deep end of shows that never got a series that really fucking should have. But basically, whatever Tartakovsky does next, I will watch and probably enjoy. Yeah, so I'm very much looking forward to seeing what Tartakovsky will go in the future now that yeah. Jack has got its ending. Yeah. And I think it's it's really nice to see that even after over a decade, a show can get an ending. And mm-hmm. now we're going to be seeing that with Young Justice pretty soon, uh, even though... Yeah. No on, on, a, on a subscription service that no one's going to use. Well, except for Young Justice. Are they also putting, like, the Teen Titans live action series on there? Maybe. I think so. Yeah. That, that might be good. What is this fuckery and why haven't I heard about it? Oh, they mentioned it when they announced, like... Teen DC. Titans live action? Yeah, they've been trying to make it for a while. Yeah, it's not going to be based on the show. Yeah, just watching the Teen Titans go, but in live action. <laughs> oh, no. And we could get into why I don't think Teen Titans Go is actually that bad, but I think oh, I've yeah. pissed it, enough it, people yeah. it's off not, It's today. not that bad. It's not that bad, but... It's, it's not, not that good, good either. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I definitely grant you that, but I think I've pissed enough people off. And I think that's it for our Samurai Jack discussion. Mm-hmm. And you Ethan and you, Lord, for coming on again today to talk mm-hmm. about this great show. And yeah. yeah, definitely, guys, you gotta go seek out this show and this season if you haven't seen it yet. Samurai yeah. Jack is one of the all-time greatest animated series, in my opinion. And uh, any animation lover owes themselves to check it out. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Uh, this is Movie Mavericks signing off. Yeah, actually, Ethan, where can good people find you on social media and the like? We need to get you a Twitter. But I, <laughs> I do have a Facebook that I almost never check and only use for the message. Yeah, but that's like your personal Facebook. Gross, I should get real on that. If you're honestly curious, I have a YouTube channel that I haven't touched in a while and have been touching in a while and have been meaning to get back to. We call ourselves uh, Team Deathmatch. Uh, kind of hard to find. We don't come up very high in the search rankings. But if you're honestly curious, uh, go ahead, check it out. Me and a buddy do it. Trying to get back to it. See you there. Maybe if I can get around to it. And you, we are. Uh, yes, you can find me on Twitter at VLORDGTZ, that is V-L-O-R-D-G-T-Z. Um, aside from that, I'm on uh, my anime list under VLORDGTZ as well. And yeah, if you want to talk about JoJo, Detective Conan, really, anything of the sorts, hit me up. And you can find me as Lum Ramiyasha on Twitter, my anime list and animation revelation, my main hangouts and as for the show you can find it as at manga underscore mavericks on twitter and manga mavericks.tumblr.com on tumblr and of course you can search this up on youtube our channel name is manga mavericks remember guys we need those 100 subscribers to get that custom url so please like and subscribe our content on there we're getting closer past halfway point yeah i think after super eyepatch we'll show and jump video a lot of our show and jump videos rose a bit cool yeah there could have been a there. Yeah. It's really been a for us, and I'm good for that. 
Hey, Super Eye Patch Man, meet us outside after school. We'll be there shirtless, and we'll be waiting for your ass to either do a beatdown or do a fight. I don't care. We like you, Super Eye Patch Wolf. We just have problems with your jump video. These nerds like you. I don't know who you are, and therefore (laughs) I'm obligated to fight you. I think I showed you one of his videos. Uh, You talked about how you didn't like his jump video. Oh, I'll show you one of his good videos. But uh, as for the show, you can find us also on iTunes or so uh, leave us a like and a rating on there uh, and a comment. And also send in any of your questions, comments, opinions, or talks on our shows and what you'd like to see us talk about in the future to our email, mangamavericks at gmail.com. We love reading your emails, your questions, and your suggestions. So please do send those in. And that about does it for this episode of Manga Mavericks at Movies. Talking about Samurai Jack Season 5. And we'll see you in the next one. Back to the past and Jack, 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 J